It's September 20th, 1977, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this day that an episode of the nostalgic family sitcom Happy Days was felt to be so heinous and contrived that all future moments of irreversible artistic decline were named after it. Because today was the day that the Fonz, a jumped the shark. But you know who didn't think that anything disastrous was happening? The viewers of Happy Days. That episode, it was the premiere of the fifth season. It was watched by 30 million Americans who continued to tune in for another six seasons of hijinks. So at the time, this was by far not considered a turning point in the show at all. And interestingly, the phrase itself was only coined officially in 1985, the phrase to have jumped the shark, which I suppose does make sense because it wasn't until the very end of the show that you would have known how it had gone wrong. At the time, yes. it was just sort of a bizarre moment. And then, you know, and then after that, then you could start to see that it was actually the prefiguration of, uh, <laughs> of the end of the show itself. Yeah, and the phrase Jump the Shark came out of dorm room conversations between two roommates at the University of Michigan, Sean Connolly and John Hine. John Hine is still at it. Uh, he tweeted back in August on MTV's birthday, Wow, 40 years of MTV, Jump the Shark with the real world and subsequent reality programming. So he's still a big fan <laughs> of his creation. Yeah, it, it's weird because Sean Connolly was the person who actually apparently coined the phrase when they were discussing when various TV shows had started to go bad. But it's John Hine who subsequently more or less turned it into a career. He wrote a book about it and he had a website, mm. etc. So you know, he actually managed to turn it into kind of his brand. A brand which itself arguably has jumped the shark. Uh, Jumptheshark.com, <laughs> yeah. once a trendy destination for uh, millennials having fun conversations about <laughs> media, uh, is now owned by TV Guide. So it was in these conversations between these two roommates that they decided that it was this first episode in season five, which was where all of the gang, including Fonzie and all the crew, they all go to California together. Fonzie decides he's going to do this amazing stunt where he water skis and then goes over a jump and jumps over a captive shark that is in this sort of shark net and then lands on the other side. He doesn't just decide to, he accepts a challenge, Arian. The Fonzie's not just going to take a challenge lying down. Someone challenges <laughs> right. him to ski jump over a shark tank, and he's like, yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, he has form with jumping things, because previously in the show, he'd actually jumped over a bunch of bins that had been put in a row uh, on his motorbike to prove that he was still cool. <laughs> so you could understand why the, the series' writers would have thought, well, you know, he's jumped stuff in the past. We can make him jump more <laughs> stuff. What's he going to jump in California? <laughs> he jumps it in swimming trunks and his trademark leather jacket which obviously <laughs> just adds to the the surrealism of the whole scene but apparently Henry Winkler in real life was an accomplished water skier his dad had been nagging him to tell the producers of the show that he could water ski he described his dad as being you know this kind of old German immigrant who was just like tell them tell them you water ski and he was like that's already an advantage in acting but fine and then apparently he did bring it up and they thought great here's another thing that he can jump over well because he was the key to the success of the entire series wasn't he I think that you'd want to keep the Fonzie happy wouldn't you if you were running Happy Days there was a point uh, where Fonz was so popular a character in Happy Days that the network actually wanted to change the name of the series to Fonzie's Happy Days at which point Ron <laughs> Howard threatened to walk out because it wasn't just the ludicrous scene of you know the Fonz jumping the shark it was also that tonal shift it represented you know, Happy Days has started out capitalising on this 70s nostalgia for the 50s CF our previous episode about the uh, 
uh, first night of the stage musical <laughs> exactly. Greece. Yeah. And it was built around Ron Howard as Richie Cunningham. And it was about, you know, kind of family, friends, life in the 50s. And then the fonts kind of took over more and more and more. And as he became more foregrounded, this larger than life supporting character obviously changed the tone of the show from, you know, funny and whimsical to absurd kind of slapstick sitcom humour. And yeah. in retrospect, I think a lot of people identified that as being negative even though at the time nobody really seemed to care it's such a classic trap to fall into i think as well for sitcom writers isn't it that the most popular character is often the most outrageous one Mm. but that doesn't mean you should give them license to dominate the show i mean think Mm. of a british example i was thinking of doreen from birds of a feather for example (laughs) i remember watching that very avidly when i was about eight years old yeah she was the highlight obviously but it's not about (laughs) her like you remove the heart from the show if you make it about her she's the comic foil same with Kramer in Seinfeld. Yes. You know, he became this audience favourite and his entries into Jerry's apartment get increasingly absurd as the show goes on. It would be like Friends being renamed Janice. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just wrong. Janice's friends. <laughs> Janice's acquaintances. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a kind of rewriting of history, but on Mark Maron's W2F podcast, Ron Howard was once an interviewee and he was talking about the first time that the phrase jump the shark was used between the cast themselves. And apparently one of his co-stars, Danny Most, who played Ralph Mouth, when they were all reading the script together, he looked down and he shrugged and he said... Um, hang on, he's he's jumping a shark now? And so even at the time, at least if you can believe what Ron Howard says about what happened at the time, there was some doubt among the cast that this was going to be a good idea. But maybe by this stage, the Fonz and Winkler were too powerful and they couldn't go back. Oh, come on. It's not as if Happy Days was like a bastion of realism beforehand. <laughs> you know, this was a world where the Fonz can make the jukebox turn on with a nudge of his elbow and there are no black people. I mean, I right. just don't think that this was the moment that anything really significant changed. In fact, people forget this, but Robin Williams as Mork, an alien, started in Happy Days. There's an episode where an alien comes to Happy Days. Right. Yeah, and it's in the same season. It's in season five. It's a bit later on. And Mork turns up and he sits down on the couch. He tells Richie that he's come to take him back to his planet. And then at the end of the episode, it turns out it was all a dream. And Richie wakes up and he's like, oh, wow, I was just asleep. And you're like, well, why is that not the episode that people look back to and go, that's, you know, the jump the shark moment? You could say, oh, well, that wasn't a jump the shark moment because at the end it was all a dream. So it's a bit far fetched, but it's still within the premise of, of the show. But right. when they came to show reruns of Happy Days, Mork and Mindy, obviously by then, had become its own programme. Mm. They re-edited the show. No. So no. there was an extra bit where Robin Williams, as Mork, explains <laughs> that what actually happened was he wiped the Happy Days character's memories of his visit, meaning that there are aliens in the universe of Happy Days. Uh, I thought you were going to say that Richie wakes up from his dream and he goes, the, the dream was just a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and he wakes up on Mork's home planet. Yeah, and Mork's there. Yeah. And actually, yeah, yeah. in either scenario, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? I know they were grasping around for ideas in a way. But it's kind of interesting that the writer's room were prepared to bend the story and be a bit postmodern in what was a hugely mainstream family sitcom that you'd probably sit down and watch with three generations of a family. They're actually mm. pushing the envelope by doing things like putting an alien in it they're kind of saying we know this is a tv show there's an ironized quality to it but i do wonder if it's just a case that in the past where you didn't have these like 
rabid fandoms you didn't have massive backlash on twitter etc there it really was more of a one-way street where the creators were just giving you what they wanted to show you there are loads of episodes of old tv shows that are just weird they'll have a totally crazy premise or they'll completely move away from what the show is about and do like this is an episode where we talk in shakespearean language because they didn't really care that much what people thought because there wasn't really a way to communicate unless you sent in a letter but not many people cared about doing that there is an episode where the Supremes are in Tarzan. Brilliant. Where they just break with all reality because, well, you could get Diana Ross, why not? Something that was common to that era of sitcoms and now is the introduction of gimmicks in a show that people love. And I think that's part of what we're... About to do, and that's why we're going to sing the final minute of the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, the producers start going, oh, here's an alien, and here's caged animals that run loose in your town, and here is the musical episode. Then you kind of feel like they're going, oof, we've run out of ideas that can fit in the normal parameters of the show. We've done all of the boy meets girl, boy goes to high school stuff. Boy eats burger. <laughs> Boy slags off girl, girl comes back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boy nudges jukebox with shoulder. <laughs> there is actually a reverse of this phenomenon as well. This is called Growing the Beard, and that's in reference to Star Trek The Next Generation. Series 1 wasn't received very well. Series 2 was a noticeable improvement. And one visual difference was that the character of Commander Riker, played by Jonathan Frakes, grew a beard between the seasons. So that phrase, growing the beard, is now used for a show that started off poorly and improved. Personally, I would say, like, the top example for me would be Parks and Recreation. Lots of people just skip the first series because it's completely different. Yeah, right. I mean, I've never made it past season one of The Wire, but everyone always says, stick with it. They say, for like, stick with just another four years to go, it gets really good. I wonder if that grew Oh, it's mad, isn't it? When you don't like The Wire, Ollie, me and you should watch TV sometime. And people just keep saying, watch more of it, watch more of it. I'm like, life is too short. (laughs) I had the same experience with reading Harry Potter, which admittedly I got to too late as a sort of grown-up person. People kept saying, no, 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 just read another one. It's like, it it gets good. And by the time I was on the fourth book, I got halfway through and threw it across the room. I was like, these are children's books. Why am I still reading children's books? (laughs) It's better when Dumbledore grows his beard. Tomorrow. You know, there's something about talking about fish that makes me smell fish. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.